Hello and welcome to episode number 465, wow, of Smart Podcast Trashy Books. I'm Sarah Wendell and Amanda is back and we are taking more of your questions. From the Patreon community, we have inquiries about TV shows, book recommendations, mayonnaise, of course, summer treats, and middle school favorites. Thank you to Laura B., Corellia, Christina B., and Phoebe for all of the questions. And thank you to our Patreon community for making sure this and every episode has a transcript. If you would like to have a look at our Patreon community, it is patreon.com slash smartbitches. This podcast is brought to you in part by Outrageous by Minerva Spencer, which is book two in the Rebels of the Temps series. If you love romances that take expected tropes and turn them upside down, this book is perfect for you. In this story, the heroine kidnaps the hero and threatens to have her way with him as they race to the Scottish border. When Eva de Courtney kidnaps Godric Fleming, her only plan is to stop him from persecuting her beloved brother. But once she has the intriguing Earl in the confines of her carriage, she is terribly tempted by pretty much everything about him. Her forbidden plan is foiled when Godric turns the tables, taking her hostage instead and demanding that they marry at once. So we have a road trip, forced proximity, and a hero trying to be honorable with a heroine who is definitely not trying to obey the rules. This series features heroines who are determined to carve out agency for themselves. So if that is your thing, get your copy of Outrageous by Minerva Spencer wherever books are sold and find out more at kensingtonbooks.com. This podcast is brought to you in part by pros. Now, most of you have heard me talking about learning to take better care of my hair in the quarantines, and you may have heard me talking about pros, the world's most personalized hair care. First, there's a quiz, an in-depth hair quiz, which helped me get started. Pros has given over 1 million consultations, and my results created a custom blend that has made my hair softer, my surprising amount of curls more defined, and because I get to choose my own scent, it smells incredible too. Pros also has a review and refine feature that lets me tweak the formula for any reason, like change of hair color, change of location, alas, it is still humid where I am, or change in diet. Now, I cut my hair short after I was fully vaccinated, and so I can change the goals for my hair to include more shine and less curl definition, because short hair with lots of curls is a whole other thing. Pros is also a carbon-neutral certified B Corp. All their ingredients are sustainably sourced, ethically gathered, and cruelty-free. And if you're not 100% positive that Pros is the best hair care you've ever had, they will take the products back, no questions asked. Pros is the healthy hair regimen with your name all over it. Take your free in-depth hair consultation and get 15% off your first order today. Go to pros.com slash trashybooks. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash trashybooks for your free in-depth hair consultation and 15% off. This podcast is brought to you in part by Hydrant. Now, I drink a lot of water. It is very important to stay hydrated, and it's easy for me to forget when I'm working or, you know, podcasting. Hydration is not only important for my voice, but it's also tied to improved mood, better focus, and mental clarity. And, you know, water is great, but electrolytes and water hydrate people even faster. And that is where Hydrant comes in. Hydrant is a refreshing drink mix powder made with four key electrolytes, sodium, potassium, magnesium, and zinc. It's made with real fruit juice powder and no artificial sweeteners or synthetic colors. No nonsense, all science. Hydrant Sleep is a new bedtime mix 
carefully formulated to promote restful sleep and hydration. Hydrant Sleep includes melatonin, magnesium, GABA, and chamomile to promote restful, high-quality sleep, which you know I love. Plus, it's backed by a 100% satisfaction guarantee. If you don't love it, send it back for a full refund. You really need to try it for yourself to see what I'm talking about. It tastes incredible and it works great. We have a special deal for listeners to save 20% off your first order or subscribe and save 30% on your first subscription order. Go to drinkhydrant.com smart or enter promo code smart at checkout. That's D-R-I-N-K-H-Y-D-R-A-N-T dot com slash smart and enter promo code smart for 20% off your first order. Drinkhydrant.com slash smart or promo code smart and save 20%. We thank them for sponsoring the podcast, Hydrant, where water meets wellness. We talk about a lot of things in this episode, and of course, we will have links to all of them in the show notes, which is attached to the podcast app that you're listening to or at smartbitchestrashybooks.com slash podcast. But now let's do this episode on with me and Amanda talking about all the things. Ready for more questions? Yeah. All right. You got coffee? Yes. All right. Has Linus left the room? Uh, yes. Anytime <laughs> I get on like Discord or start talking to another human being, he immediately leaves. Like, Ugh, he I might cannot wander back in. You might see him. Right. You ready for your first questions? Mm-hmm. Okay. We got good questions on this one. Yeah. So Christina B would like some recommendations for sitcoms. She says, or they've said, I finished Superstore in Schitt's Creek, so now I'm re-watching Parks and Rec and New Girl. Please give me some recommendations for what to watch next. Thanks. Okay, well, you are asking... Which is weird because we're both bad television. I was going to say, you may not be asking the exact right people, but I can (laughs) tell you what not to watch. Mm -hmm. Last night, we watched America, the motion picture Mm -hmm. on Netflix. Is that the cartoon? Yes. Okay, one of my coworkers at this bookstore loved it. Okay, it is he, so... It was a man, so take that with a grain of salt. Okay. It was calibrated for a very specific sense of humor that was not mine. Okay. <laughs> it is gigantic, hypertrophied, super muscular uh, presidents. Yeah. And yeah. Channing Tatum does a great job as bro bonehead George Washington and yeah. Jason Mansukas does who's wonderful does exactly what you expect him to do oh yeah um Andy Samberg is Benedict Arnold and you have all of this really great talent and there's maybe three whole jokes that are good and it's almost as if the mm-hmm. whole movie was built around these three jokes it's okay. super <laughs> it, and there were so many times when Adam and I looked at each other and we're like, what the fuck are we watching? I cannot no, think. My, I, it, it like broke my ability to have synaptic function. It was because, you know, good and bad is a quadrant, right? There's good, yeah. bad and enjoyable and non-enjoyable. And this was yeah. probably supposed to land in bad and enjoyable. And it did not land there for me. I was very confused. One of my coworkers showed me a clip of like, I don't know, they were discussing like, t-shirts and they're like oh it's so soft is it a tri-blend no i think it's a quad blend yes that's just like uh in the beginning their shirts um and he showed it to me and i didn't think it was nearly as funny as he did so well uh, 
Yeah. Now I don't have to watch it. No, I would suggest not. Unless you are with people who are very funny along with you when you watch somewhat questionable writing. And maybe you're drunk or high. Yeah. It might be fun if you're high. It might be really fun if you're baked. I was just... Like I was just reading Reddit through most of it because I, I was like, oh, there's the there's the joke. Okay, good job. I'll wait like you know ten minutes <laughs> till the next one. But it wasn't worth an hour and thirty eight minutes of movie. Oh yeah, yeah yeah yeah. So in terms of television for Christina, I can tell you, don't watch that unless you are mm-hmm. in a room with funny people and in some way um, in an altered state. Maybe that would be good. Yeah. For me, I would recommend. Letter Kenny, which was one of my favorite shows ever. It's on Crave in the in the uh, Canadian North, and it's on Hulu in the U.S. I know that like uh, season seven or eight. I don't do numbers very well. They've just filmed the next two seasons, and they're very Ooh. short episodes, but they are wonderfully funny, and they have the same sort of tone as Superstore and Schitt's Creek, where underneath it is a foundation of kindness which I like in my television. I don't like mean humor. I don't like cringe humor. I don't like humiliation humor. It's not my thing. I would also recommend Brooklyn Nine-Nine with the caveat that it is about police officers. It is also aware of the fact that it is about police officers. And in the comments to this question on Patreon, Jacqueline suggested Rutherford Falls, which I have never watched, but would probably be a good fit. My suggestions... One, uh, I don't watch a lot of TV. And when I do, I need a buddy, right, to hold me accountable to watch this show. So, like, all of these shows that I've watched, I've watched with, like, Eric. Because if I'm left up to myself, I will never watch anything. Why is that? Do you not like television? I I just feel like I I am a chronic multitasker where it's like I have to be doing... A million things at once so if i'm if i'm playing a video game i'm listening to like a youtube video like there's always something else going on that's too much so, talking that's too many voices <laughs> for me it's just with a tv show like you have to be present and it's easier for me to do that if i'm with someone who's like watching it with me ah because like i'm spending time with someone and watching a tv show so, so it, it is effectively multitasking yeah. Got it. <laughs> I've gamed the system. I get it. Um, so my first one is The Good Place, which I believe is also done by the person, the showrunner of Parks and Rec. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels very similar. I think there's only three or four seasons. Season two is probably the slowest of the three to four. But I thought it was such a really well-crafted TV show. And they knew when to end it, right? Like, we've oh, talked before about, like, TV that. shows that just go on and on and on and on. Yes, that the um, goal is not to tell a story. The goal is to hit syndication and be be in in, in perpetuity yeah. on multiple streaming platforms. Yeah, I, but yes. But show, like, you, they knew when to end it. And they clearly had an end in mind when they started it. And so I think it's just, like, a little, I know, it's a really... Really good piece of television. All of the actors in it are wonderful. Ted Danson is just a delight in in The Good Place. Did um, I ever tell you I met him? No. So I was an intern at the Democratic National Convention in 1996. Yeah, this would be so 96. you were in Chicago? I was in Chicago. I was an intern for the LA Times. Adam actually worked for the Democratic National Convention. He did all of their housing arrangements. So he knows lots and lots and lots about hotels that were in Chicago, but the ones that were there in 1996, I don't know about any of them now. Yeah. But 
I was being sent from the press tent to the um, convention center for something. This is when I learned I didn't want to be a journalist because I was in the press tent with all of the real journalists, like all the full-time employees. And they were such gross assholes to the interns and complained really constantly. Really took the shine of glamour off. Oh, yeah. I was like, this is horrible. I don't ever want to work with any of these people. Forget this. <laughs> so I started my own amateur journalism and look where it got me. <laughs> journalism without a license, barely wearing real pants. In a shitty jerk tent, apparently. Ugh, people complain about free food. How do you complain about the free food? And I would... Co- I will go to anything if it has free food. Right? Me too. Even if the free food is shitty. Free food is the best. Gosh. So I'm walking into the convention center and there's all of this press in front of me, but they're all walking backwards. And I keep trying to get out of the way. I'm like, I'm in the way of somebody, somebody, some dignitaries coming through, somebody's coming in. And I look behind me and there's nobody there. And then I start to get like really weirded out. Like, am I screwing up somebody's shot? Are they trying to get some sort of like establishing picture? I don't know. And I look to my left and there's Mary Steenburgen and Ted Danson. And he's just so quiet and unassuming. He's just sort of, you know, mellow walking. And the press is like losing their cool. And I said, such a dork. I looked at my, oh, you're the famous person. Because <laughs> I know it wasn't me. And he goes, I think there are many other people here who are more famous than me. But yeah, probably. I was like, I like you. I've heard you're nice. And this, this, is, this is true. And you can also tell, like, the cast enjoyed being on set and Can't you you know, hanging out. Yeah, like, there are so many beside, behind the scenes things of William Harper, I think that's his name, who plays Cheaty in the show, teaching, like, Ted Danson, like, dance moves, oh. like, how to, how to do, like, the floss dance. Oh. And it's just so sweet. Um, so I would recommend that one. I would recommend What We Do in the Shadows, which is if you like that kind of mockumentary Parks and Rec feel, this is that, but with vampires. And it's based on a movie that came out in uh, New Zealand with Taika Watiti and Jermaine from Flight of the Concords. I actually think I love the movie, but I think the TV show is better than the movie. It's um, like uh, vampires, but they're bad at it. God, they're, so, they're such idiots. Um, but it's such a fun series, and I think the next season, season three, comes out in September, and that's on Hulu, um, and I believe The Good Place is either on Hulu or Netflix. I think it's Hulu, Um, or maybe it's split between them at this point. Who the hell knows? Eventually, um, someone will put them all together and reinvent cable. Um, so What We Do in the Shadows is so much fun. I really like Matt Berry, who's in it, who is in also this other mockumentary-type show, called Toast of London, where he plays, like, a failed actor of sorts, and he's, like, trying to get more gigs. That's on Netflix. Um, and then lastly, this is on Apple TV, but my advice is get an Apple TV trial and watch Ted Lasso. It's only 10 episodes, and each episode is, like, a half an hour. So it's, like, five-ish hours of your time. You could totally fit that in a week-long trial, in my opinion. If someone's on the couch with you. If someone's on the couch with me. But also, Um, doesn't the new season come out on the 30th, 29th? Like the last week of July. So sometime in the last last week week of July. July. So what you want to do is time the free trial so that the next season is inside your free trial and like clear your schedule. Yeah. You know, because you want to get that one week free. You want to watch this one show. Time it correctly. You can watch the first season. Yeah. And then watch the second season and then go into iTunes and cancel your subscription. 
It is hands down one of the best pieces of media I have ever seen. Wow. And is just so sweet and wholesome. Like if you like if you like kind TV shows. Yeah. This is that. And it's just like funny and there's like romance and great female friendships and great male friendships. So the so the hype is 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 worth it. The hype is right. I think so. Um cuz we've talked before about how people being nonstop gushing about something kind of makes us both go mm. yeah, okay. Yeah. All right, but get no, it. You eated, you prayed like and you loved. I understand. Okay, moving the on. The hype is the hype is real. And then I haven't watched it yet, but I'm very curious to watch it. And I'm excited to. And it's also on Apple TV, so I might have to get a subscription. But it's called Schmigadoon. I'm sorry, it's what now? It's called Schmigadoon. Um, and it's got Keegan-Michael Key. I'm listening. And Cecily Strong from Saturday Night Live. Uh-huh. And they play a couple that's kind of like on the rocks. And they get lost. And they find like a nearby like town. And they can't leave. Oh, crap. And the town is technically a town you find in a musical. So these two idiots who are struggling in their relationship are essentially stuck in a musical. Oh, my God. Kill me. And until they can find... Please kill me. Like, their relationship again. And no. I'm not a big musical fan. No, I this, do not like... Mm-mm. With Keegan-Michael Key and Cecily Strong, though, it looks oh. hilarious. I saw the trailer. It looks so good. I don't know. I think it's going to be fun. But those are my three... Probably the only three TV shows I've watched in maybe the last four years. And if anyone who will be listening has suggestions for Christina, you can leave them in the comments. You can tweet at us. We would love to hear your suggestions for building a good TV watching list. Yeah, we're not the best TV watchers. No, it is not my strength. It, it is something I am not superb at. I mean, I also, like you just did that whole post about Asian dramas and there are so many wonderful shows. That's a multitasking I struggle with because I'm reading the subtitles and then eventually my yeah. brain and my eyeballs are like, look, I need a, I need a break. This is a lot. That's, that's the thing is like, I love Asian dramas, but I'm a, a subs over dubs watcher. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All I can think of is a big stack of like hoagies. <laughs> Um, sub sandwiches um i'm all in favor of those but yeah you so you have to pay attention to to read the subtitles yeah and man that's so it's difficult for me to just like sit down and you know devote my attention to and then like of course once i get started i watch like seven episodes in a row and i'm like up till three in the morning right because once you get going the writing is so good and the story is so good for me, the struggle is paying attention to what the actors are doing. Yeah. And then paying attention to what the text is telling me. And and, and Asian dramas are so dramatic that I usually try to keep like a cry counter. How many times I cry. <laughs> um, and I think like I was watching an Asian drama called Faded to Love You. Um, I really liked it. But I think it was like on episode 12 and I'm like, all right, I've cried nine times so far, almost <laughs> once an episode. Like. Christina also wants to know on a whole other note, what is the weirdest thing Amanda has put mayo on? And then Karelia commented, said, I love mayo. I'm always happy to hear about mayo. Um, I just want you to know that 
A, Aldi's has a big-ass jar of Duke's mayonnaise. So I have this big tub of mayonnaise, and it is all mine. No one else in the house will eat it. And I have started using it for French fries, and I am so happy. I mo- originally put like yeah. I put mayo on my plate when we had fries one night just to mess with my kids because they're like, Ew, oh, that's gross, mom. Oh, my gosh. And then I was like, hold up. This is really freaking delicious. I, I had groceries ordered the other day, and I needed more mayo because I ran out of my, like, 64 ounce jar of yeah, Hellman's. That's what I got. I got a big old jar. Yeah. And I guess I wasn't paying attention to what I had ordered. And out out of the bags, I pulled this like dinky eight ounce thing of me. That's not going to work. <laughs> and I'm like, mm, that's not enough. This will last me like two days. That's um, like when you have a Costco sized box of cereal and end up buying a pint of milk. So, well, one, I love getting mayo questions. So thank you. Um, and two, <laughs> I, I mentioned we're not much the, on TV, I mean, but we got, we got Mayo skills here. I, love mayo. I mentioned this at the bookstore the other day that we were doing a podcast and you had just sent over the questions and I was looking at them and I'm standing with my coworkers like, Oh, we have a Mayo question. And they're like, what? <laughs> um, excuse me. And, uh, yeah, I mentioned, it was like, yeah, I love Mayo. And the question is like, what's the weirdest thing I put Mayo on? And both of my coworkers who are native New Englanders, like, visibly, like, shuddered. <laughs> and they're like, would you eat mayo off a spoon? Oh, like, for yeah, sure she would. would. Yeah. I'm like, surprised I haven't after, seen this happen. <laughs> after I put mayo on sandwiches, I lick the knife and then toss it in the sink. Um, they're like, ugh. <laughs> um, so. Do I need uh, to put a content warning for that? Like, trigger warning, we're talking about licking mayo off a knife. (laughs) Maybe. At minute 22. Um, Well, if you had asked me prior to this year, I would have said, like, I feel like my mayo things that I put mayo on are normal. They're relatively Um, expected. They're, 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 They're mayo adjacent. Like, I put mayo on my hot dog. Maybe mm-hmm. that might be the weirdest thing. My hamburger, you know, like the grilled cheese trick, uh, French fries. Oh. But of course, I feel like right now, what tops the list is a peanut butter and pickle sandwich. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing I've had mayo on. Which is entirely my fault. Well, you but know. But also not bad. Not su- surprisingly not, not terrible. Bad. I thought it. I thought the peanut butter and mayo sandwich was better with the pickles. Right. Because it adds some crunch, right? And it's yes. It's not just and like there's... a creamy, soft sandwich. <laughs> and there's a difference in the, the level of tang yeah. between the pickle and the mayo. This makes it's sense. A tangy, creamy bite. That's yeah. For sure. So I would say that's the weirdest thing I've put mayonnaise on. Is it like was pretty weird. A pickle sandwich. It was. Yeah, it wasn't horrible, but I feel like I have a strong stomach anyway. Um. Yeah, it didn't make me gag or anything. It wasn't bad. I don't know if I would make it again on my own. I will link to that episode when I put the yeah. show up so everyone can like, re-experience I've, I've me had, running around the house trying to get my kids to eat this. Ooh, mom. Ooh, no. Gross. With And I asked, like, Stephanie. She's like, no. Um, <laughs> but, like, for my hamburgers and hot dogs, I'll have, like, pickles or relish on it with mayo. Sure. And that's, like, fine. I mean, so, it's both it's both a, a source of um, creaminess and tang and glue to hold the toppings in place. It's a binding it's agent. It's a binding agent as much as it is a tangy, smooth yeah. taste. But I will try, like, mayo on anything, really. We're like, hey, I think that'd be good with mayo. Like, say no more. We have exactly. one more food on. food question before we get okay. into other recommendations and requests. 
Phoebe says, I had a friendly argument with a friend about putting both peanut butter and butter on my sandwich. What are your thoughts? Now, this question does not reveal Phoebe's position on this one. Were they pro yeah. PB&B or were they against the peanut butter and butter? Yeah, I have and also never butter, tried this. Butter is different, right? Like the butter varies. You could have salted butter. You could yep. have unsalted butter. Yep. And the or spreadable butter that has oil in it yeah. is going to taste different from just softened stick butter. So my dad, the weirdest sandwich I've ever seen, but he loves it. It's roast beef, ketchup, and ice cold like pats of butter. Like, it's not even softened. It's like a chunk of cold butter. Wait. uh, Wait. So, like, sliced deli roast beef? Yes. And then ketchup. Ketchup. Yeah. And then pats of cold butter. Yeah. Like, they're not, like, spreadable. You just, like, cut it off the block of butter. Chop, chop, chop. Like, you're making biscuits. Only instead of cutting it into flour, you cut it into some ketchup. Yeah. Wow. Um, So, I feel like having those, like, stiff... Squares of butter is also a different sensation than, like, the spreadable butter, From a culinary right? perspective, that's way out there. He'll melt a craft single on a slice of apple pie. I can understand that yeah. because it's like a – it's it's cheddar yeah. adjacent, I guess. Cheddar adjacent. I mean, it's – it's not a food – a real – it is a cheese food product. <laughs> like a Velveeta. Yes. <laughs> I think peanut butter and butter is fine. I will it tell you. It sounds like a boring sandwich to me. But I mean, you just need some mayonnaise on it. <laughs> need some, some pickles. pickles. Butter, <laughs> peanut butter, mayonnaise, and pickles. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. We now can, that's a sandwich. If I ever open a deli, that'll be the Amanda. <laughs> And everyone's like, why is that on here? That's disgusting. Well, you should try it. There's a reason why it's on the menu, because you should try it. (laughs) I will tell you, I made homemade peanut butter cups this weekend. Mm. Oh, my gosh. First of all, it was a recipe from Reddit that Adam sent to me. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I can do that. So you melt chocolate. You can add oil to it. But I just melted some dark chocolate. Then you mix the peanut butter with a couple tablespoons of powdered sugar, which takes... Forever to mix. I can imagine your like arm gets. It tired. makes such a mess. The powdered sugar is like everywhere. But once you get it all mixed together, it makes it um, cohesive just enough that once you put the melted chocolate in the bottom of the muffin uh, muffin tin liner, little paper, yeah, and you smooth it all out, you can roll the peanut butter into a little ball and make it into a patty, and then just drop it in and cover it with chocolate. Holy crap! They are first of all, there's much more peanut butter, which is the correct ratio of peanut butter to chocolate, more peanut butter than, you know, your garden variety Reese's cup. But now I'm thinking I should crush up some pretzels Mm. and put peanut butter and then pretzels and then the chocolate on top. Yeah. This is what I'm thinking. You should. I will, I will try that and I will report back. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you can't go wrong with that. Like, I don't think I'm not going to add mayo. I'm not going to add mayo. There's not going to be any mayo though. Just, just pretzels. Though, okay. Oh God. You should prank Adam or one of the kids, and instead of putting a peanut butter patty, just put a pickle. Ah! Put like a little pickle chip. <laughs> That'd be so mean. I love it's it. It's kind of like the same size of like a little peanut oh. butter patty. Oh, yeah. Let me tell you, peanut butter, which is already sweet with confectioner sugar, that's that good shit right there. We will be right back with more. But first, I have two things to tell you about. 
This episode is brought to you in part by Gainful. There is nothing more personal than your health. So when it comes to finding the right nutrition supplements to meet your fitness goals, you need a personalized approach. Thankfully, now there's Gainful, a personalized nutrition system that's formulated for your body and your goals. Gainful gives you peace of mind that your protein, hydration, and pre-workout supplements contain the finest ingredients specifically for you. I love when there's a quiz, and this quiz is wonderful. I started by taking the five-minute Gainful quiz, which considers my dietary needs, my fitness and health goals, and my unique physiology to personalize my formula. Then I received a follow-up email from a registered dietitian who is checking in that what I had received was working for me. Gainful delivers my supplements with no shipping charge every month. I can cancel anytime or adapt my plan as needed. But this is my favorite part. The supplement is flavorless and I receive different flavor boosts so I can customize how I want my supplement to taste. Chocolate and peanut butter, matcha green tea. It's up to me. I have options and I'm not stuck with a giant tub of one flavor that I'm going to get tired of. It's a total win. Start your personalized fitness journey today with Gainful. Get $20 off your personalized supplements by going to gainful.com slash Sarah. That's gainful.com slash Sarah for $20 off. Gainful, personalized nutrition made for your tastes. This episode of Smart Podcast Trashy Books was brought to you in part by Happy Dance, a premium CBD skincare line from Kristen Bell. Whether you've never tried CBD products before or maybe you're already a fan, heads up because Happy Dance is different. Kristen Bell, yes, the same actress from The Good Place, created Happy Dance so everyone can add the soothing benefits of CBD skincare to their daily routine. Happy Dance products are made with only the highest quality CBD and premium ingredients. There is a whipped CBD body butter, an incredibly luxurious CBD bath balm, and a multi-purpose CBD coconut melt that smells terrific. So what does Happy Dance feel like? It's like rubbing a sense of it's going to be okay right into your skin. And I am here for smoothing everything out. I keep a jar of the Happy Dance Coconut Melt on my desk. I am looking at it. It's pink. It's super cute. And it reminds me that instead of picking my cuticles, which I tend to do when I'm stressed, I can use the Happy Dance Coconut Melt and rub it into my skin right by my keyboard to remind me to soothe and smooth instead of picking and stressing. It is a multi-sensory moment of chill and I love it. Happy Dance is a reliable, consistent, and safe way to try CBD and the skincare options are a wonderful way to treat yourself or the people you love. Right now, Smart Podcast listeners get 15% off their first Happy Dance order, but only when you go to doahappydance.com slash Sarah. That's 15% off your first order of Happy Dance CBD skincare at doahappydance.com slash Sarah. And now back to my conversation with Amanda about pretty much everything. All right, you want to hit the next question? Corellia, right? That's what Corellia, I think. Corellia. If we're wrong, um, we, we we're, we're sorry. So sorry. I would love recommendations for a contemporary forced proximity romance where their characters have regular occupations slash lives. So no bodyguard protects reality TV star from terrorists on a submarine. I do like bodyguards on submarines. That's good stuff too. But I'm curious to read something closer to home. Uh, Sarah's <laughs> response was. Pretty much 12 question marks. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. I could, so. I could, the only thing I could think of where they have regular occupations, forced proximity 
was the flat share where they're not necessarily together because they're leaving notes for each other. But one yeah. character works the night shift, so sleeps during the day, and then the other character works the day shift. They're they're kind of in the forced proximity of the apartment, but they're never there at the same time. That's just about the only thing I can come up with. However, Amanda has suggestions and links. A couple. Yeah, and links. So my first thought, and this might be not quite what you're looking for, but uh, Whiteout by Adriana Anders is that the the characters, like one is a, is it a glaciologist, so like a scientist, and the other one is like the, I think like the cook that's on mm-hmm. base in yeah. Antarctica. Yeah. So neither a bodyguard nor a reality TV star. Um, but they kind of had to have to battle the elements and there's some like weird, like mercenary stuff that happens. However, the main characters aren't rich and famous. Um, I believe the wedding date by Jasmine Guillory starts with the characters trapped in an elevator. Yeah. They don't stay Um, there forever though. That would be a very smelly romance. Yeah. So it's like, you know, minor forced proximity, but that is the event that kind of kicks off the romance and they both have like normal jobs. Right. Um, and then there's the Unhoneymooners by Christina Lauren. Oh, good call. And, yeah. So like enemies to lovers, um, the sister of the heroine and like the best friend of the hero are getting married. Right. Everybody gets food poisoning except them. Uh, and they go on the honeymoon instead because the honeymoon is non-refundable. Um, and they hate each other. So it's like forced proximity in, I think it's Hawaii, but in a very beautiful tropical place. Uh, and they hate each other. Um, (laughs) so I have two links. So one is in our book finder. We have the like forced proximity theme. Yes. That will give you every book we've mentioned on the site with forced proximity. So there you'd have to weed some out. You can also... But you can um, spot contemporary pretty quickly. Yes, and... Um, is the, is the, the finder, cover is the cover illustrated? You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, and in the book finder, you can kind of mark professions, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you can make it more niche. We also did a rec leak with forced proximity stories that have um, inclement weather. Like, the characters are forced together because of some, like, weather or environment issue. Yep. Schools um, are closed. No half-day kindergarten. Yeah. So that might also be helpful since, you know, they're – I feel like those might be less overtly, like, suspense with bodyguards and more, like, people are stuck in a shitty situation because, like, their car broke down or whatever. Um, so you might be able to find some stuff there as well. So those are my suggestions. These are good suggestions. Thank you. All right. Um, and also, uh, Carlia also continues with another question. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm always curious about people's thoughts on the word, on words, metaphors, etc. we have and don't have to identify the female sexual anatomy, what works, what's problematic, what's changed in the past few years. Why have I never read a romance that uses the word vulva? Um, maybe because vulva is not a very sexy word is my guess. I mean, that's relative, right? You might think vulva is a very sexy word. Um, but I think like, but don't forget the compliment. Don't forget Creeley's compliment. Oh, oh, the compliment is anything you talk about will be fabulous. I can't wait. Thank you. Um, We've talked about Mayo and TV so far. So So now let's talk about vulvas. (laughs) 
let's talk about vulvas. Um, I feel like the more scientific the word, the less sexy it is, and the less likely we'll see it in romance. But I feel like, I don't know how else to say it, but I'm like, I'm pussy blind. Like, like those words don't matter to me. Like... <laughs> Okay. You should have seen Sarah's face as she watched me, like, work out what I meant by this. <laughs> okay. Some I... people are very particular in, like, the words that are used during sexy times. I don't care, um, personally. So you can use, like, the C word. Doesn't bother me. I just feel like the more scientific it is, the less sexy it comes across on the page. I... Because I would never dirty talk anyone and use the word vulva. Because let's be honest, most men probably don't know what a vulva is, and they probably <laughs> think you're talking about the thing in the back of your throat. And you're like, no, that's your uvula, you idiot. I, I thought you drove a Chevy. <laughs> <laughs> I heard those are smart, sensible cars. I don't understand. What? <laughs> I skim a lot of sex scenes. A lot of times when I'm reading, the the writing almost takes a takes a turn and becomes very different. Um, one thing I'm always curious about from a sort of semi-objective standpoint is whether or not people have a preference between dick or cock. I don't have a preference. I do not really have a preference either. But it's very interesting to me when when those those words are deployed and which ones are chosen versus euphemisms like arousal, ridge, spear, soldier, flagpole, you know. I just remember the be- lever. one of the beginning scenes of 10 Things I Hate About You where Alice and Janney, the guidance counselor, is working on her like erotic romance novel yeah. and she's trying to find – the right word. I think she was like turgid member. And oh yeah, she, like, that was a big one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's like engorged and she yep. keeps like working through the different different words that she could use. Using more like graphic terminology rather than euphemisms to me is like better because I just like roll my eyes when it's like spear or rod or whatever. And I'm like, let's just say what it is. Like we know what it is. Mm-hmm. You don't have to play coy here. Yeah. I, I think it depends on the book that I'm reading. Sometimes the language change doesn't fit and I'm like, Oh, okay. Wow. Or the characters will, will start dirty talking each other. And I'm like, your relationship is in that place. I didn't realize that. Did that happen off page? And I didn't see it all of a <laughs> you sudden. You met. 40 minutes ago. Right. Like, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Am I right then? I also know that there are certain readers who hate certain words. Oh, yeah. Right? Like moist. Um, I am not one of those. I uh, don't really have strong opinions about dick, cock, pussy, cunt, whatever. Don't care. Yeah. So, Hello, everyone's children who are people. listening to the show. <laughs> <laughs> I know there are some people who's like, oh, I hate that word. And, you know, it'll just take you out of a scene or whatever. Yeah. Unless it's something like really goofy, like moist you know, vulva or just, you know, like childish and like juvenile, like a woman's like tits or honking bobos or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Um, (laughs) her majestic bazoombas (laughs) 
I am sweater puppy. <laughs> <laughs> like that one cover with the two dog noses. <laughs> two dog noses. Sweater puppies. Oh, dear God. Yeah, and this is something like that. <laughs> that makes me go, wait, what? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> um, which I think would be like a good little Easter egg for a romance author to put in there just to make sure you're paying attention. Yeah. Or can you imagine like an audiobook narrator? <laughs> Sweater puppies. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this took a turn. Sorry. <laughs> well, we have a question from Laura B. What are your favorite summer treats? Treat equaling food, outing, or whatever. For me, mm-hmm. I love ice cream sandwiches. Mm-hmm. I like champagne cocktails, especially a French 75, which is gin, lemon juice, simple syrup, and champagne on top. That sounds delicious. It's wonderful. And I like anything on the beach. I think any food on the beach tastes good. But when I was really little, the shack on the beach that I used to go to didn't sell Coke or Pepsi. It had RC Cola. Mm. And I would get RC Cola and a bag of Doritos. And that was the absolute taste of summer when I was, you know, 11 or 12. So I hate the summer. Surprise. Um, Even though I was born in Florida, I hate it. But our our beach snacks when we would go as a family would be uh, green grapes, ice cold in the cooler. Ooh, uh, yummy. Yeah, original Cokes. Uh, regular Lay's potato chips. Right. And then like subs from Publix. That would be like Ooh. our beach food. Um, however, living in New England, it's a little different because like Sarah listed ice cream sandwiches. Um I think there was a study that, like, Massachusetts eats the most ice cream out of all the states. Huh. Um, and Is that because the beaches so wh- are terrible? The beaches are fucking garbage here. So Sorry. there's, like... Sorry, everyone. <laughs> so there's, there's like, a compensation of ice cream over crap beaches? Know. But, so, one of our new uh, booksellers, who's wonderful, her name is Christy, and she's from L.A. This is her first year here. She's here because her partner's in medical school. She is horrified she was horrified this winter where like we would eat ice cream it is 20 degrees outside why are you eating ice cream she like doesn't get it she is horrified um but so like i'll eat ice cream all year round yeah for sure yeah would you put mayonnaise on ice cream weirdly enough i haven't but uh (laughs) i haven't but Massachusetts has some weird ass ice cream. I went to Martha's Vineyard and they had a lobster ice cream. Uh, uh, Did not eat it because uh, I don't uh, like seafood. No, but, no, 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 um, no, no. I guess I can get it because like lobster's supposed to be buttery, right? I've had it once and was not impressed. Um, but like in terms of food that I think is more enjoyable in the summer. Mm-hmm. I love sour beers. Yes. I, I will drink a sour beer year round, but they just, they're better in the summer. And of course, like darker beers are better in the winter. I have one more recommendation. Okay. Um, one of our favorite afternoon summer day drinking cocktails is called an Amaretto Rose. Oh, I love Amaretto, first of all. It is so good. It is amaretto and lime juice. Mm. I will link to a recipe. It's amaretto, lime juice, and club soda or seltzer. So you mix amaretto and lime, 
add a cherry and then top with club soda or seltzer. And it is super light and perfect in the summer for day drinking. One of my roommate's favorite drinks is an uh, amaretto and ginger ale. Ooh, I have both of those things. I'm going to try that. Super easy. You just mix them together. Boom, boom. (laughs) Yeah. What were your favorite books in middle school slash high school? Okay, so um, I am very old. (laughs) I'm very, very old. And there is currently a podcast called Listen to Sassy with Tara Ariano, David Cole, and Pamela Ribbon. I think you've mentioned this one before. And they are rereading old episodes or episodes, issues of Sassy Magazine. And they break each episode into three. And it is brilliant because it's, you know, I, I, I didn't realize how much Sassy had influenced me as a young, impressionable teen. But wow, did it. Although there were some things I was never into. Like I never really got into the white socks and big black chunky shoes thing. That was not a thing for me. But be that as it may, I am old. And I discovered romance in high school, which means I graduated in 1993. I discovered romance at peak force seduction, fuchsia giant sweater puppies on the cover, big Big, big, weird, big hair. Everything's exhaling in a different direction. That was when I found romance. So one of my favorite books after I discovered romance, which was the first one I read, was Blaze Wyndham by Bertrice Small. Oh, boy. I brought it with me when I studied abroad in 1996. It is what I believe is termed a fucking through history book. <laughs> she, she, she has sex with a bunch of different dudes, including King Henry VIII. A good for her. And it's it's Tudor. And I hadn't realized that, you know, Tudor was a thing back then, but there were a lot of Tudor romances. Yeah. That book is completely over the top and I love it deeply. I will never not love that book. But in middle school, I was totally a Sweet Valley person. It only took me like 25, 30 minutes to read the friggin' books. They yeah, were they not, were they were very small. And you got and this was when they were still arriving month to month. So every month there was a new Sweet Valley High. I was super in to Sweet Valley High, seriously into it. I didn't get to the end of the series when there was an earthquake and a refrigerator killed a secondary character. Yes, that's <laughs> a fridge falls on Olivia Davidson and she dies in an earthquake. I think that's how they ended the series. I never got to that part because <laughs> they were in ju- they were in junior year for like <laughs> ten years and two spring breaks, two summer vacations, two winter vacations, but they were still juniors. They were sixteen. And as much as Sassy influenced me, unfortunately, Sweet Valley did as well, because holy balls are those books fat phobic. Oh, geez. That sounds about right. So fat phobic. So what about you? What were your favorite books in middle school and high school? So this is tricky because uh, seventh grade, I, I, we moved from South Florida to North Florida. Uh, and the school I went to was a combination middle middle school, high school, very rural. So our library options weren't great. Mm-hmm. So I read a lot of Stephen King, but I loved uh, Juliet Marillier. I still do. She writes like fantasy with a little bit of like romance in it. But the first book I remember reading by hers, my friend, my best friend in middle school recommended it to me. And it was the start of the, it's Daughter, Daughter of the Forest, which is uh, like a retelling of the Six Swans. Oh. And so I was obsessed with her books as a, a young Amanda. And then like I was super into manga uh, in middle school and high school. A peak time so, to be into it too. 
I know. So I was obsessed with fruits basket. (laughs) Has it ever ended? I don't know, but it went on forever. And it's about this young girl who meets this like mysterious family of boys. Well, not boys. I think it, it, there's a multitude of genders, but who meets this mysterious family and turns out uh, they can all turn into different animals of the Chinese Zodiac. That'll create a lot of additions. (laughs) Oh, I have Um, a manga recommendation for you. Yes. I borrowed from my library the first four volumes of The Way of the House Husband. Oh, it's so cute. It's adorable. There's a Netflix show. show. I know. I cannot wait to watch it. It is so adorable. I love it so much. It's just the cutest thing. It was perfect, like, right before bed reading because it's just so sweet. I loved it. And then another manga that I was obsessed with and then would religiously watch the anime with my friend um, who recommended Juliet's books uh, was Orin High School Host Club. Ah, you've talked about this. It's so stupidly cute. There's a, a girl who's a scholarship student at like a preppy school and she dresses like a tomboy and everyone assumes that she's a boy. Um, and then she joins this like host club and it's just so cute. Yeah. So I read a lot of manga and I read a lot of, mm. you know, romantic fantasy. Those were my books. Super cute. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to end this episode here so that it's not okay. 90 miles long. <laughs> okay. But if folks who are listening have recommendations of uh, forced proximity contemporaries or TV shows or things to put mayo on. Or what you read in high school. I love (laughs) hearing what people read in high school. And I also want to know what people's summer treats are. Yeah. Because I'm always looking for another cocktail recipe. And that brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you to Amanda for hanging out with me. Thank you to Garlic Knitter for transcribing this episode. And thank you to the Patreon community. We will be back next week with more cool questions from all of y'all. So thank you. And as usual, I end with a terrible joke. I like this joke a lot. I've told it to lots of people. They've all groaned. And so now I'm going to share it with you. What is a horse's favorite store? What is a horse's favorite store? Old Navy. (laughs) I hope you tell many, many people that terrible, terrible joke. (laughs) Old Navy. (laughs) On behalf of everyone here, we wish you the very best of reading. Have a wonderful weekend and we will see you back here next week. Smart Podcast Trashy Books is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcasts.